This is good. Listen to this. <laughs> Our level of faith in the solution is the problem. Our problem's not the problem. Our level of faith in the solution is the problem. A good perspective of who your father is and who you are in him completely erases all of your obstacles, anything that comes into your way, a good perception of the solution to your problems. That's why I know I, I, I call out the devil and I'm talking about the enemies and that kind of stuff. But the bigger picture here and the most important thing is the solution. You know, when I was in management a few years ago, I would always tell the guys that would come to me with, with all these issues, and I'd say, okay, if you have a problem, I want a solution. Don't come to me with problems unless you have a way to fix it, or at least some kind of idea that we can talk about, that we can work it out. The solution's always the most important thing. It's good to identify problems, but we have the solution. <clears throat> our problems are not the problem. Our faith of our level of faith in the solution is a problem. Abide in the source that made you. Every problem you face is an opportunity. Think about that. Every problem you face is an opportunity. See it that way. Praise God or doubt Him. Praise God or whine about it. See, see how far that gets you. <laughs> if you only praise God when everything is going well in the natural, you're revealing where you abide. When you praise God in the midst of tribulation, you're revealing your true source. Amen. Even the world can love people that love them. Listen, I grew up knowing um, conditional love. I call it kind of hustling. <laughs> I knew how to hustle. You could manipulate people. And I could manip- manipulate situations. And everybody I thought had an angle when I was trying to find their angle and how to work people. But what's interesting is God's love is different than that. It's unconditional. And when you begin to demonstrate that to people, they'll see it in you and it's attractive. When you begin to not just love when you're loved and not just, not just uh, help people when it's convenient for you or when it's not scary or it's not dangerous or it's not frightening, then you're doing just what the world does. When you're, that's living in this realm, but we are from another realm. We are spiritual beings and we abide in Him. And so when we live outside of, of what's practical and outside of our own means... We are abiding in the Spirit. Does that make sense? We are, we are doing what we're designed to do because it was, it was put in us from, from when we were created, from the very beginning. Now, let's say you're called to start a small group or a ministry or something, and it's going to fulfill your purpose and advance the kingdom. There's a good chance you'll have some obstacles. But be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. Amen. We have to have proper problem perspective If, if we see our obstacles, our problems, the fear of, of people's opinions, the fear of all these things as hindrances to us, then we're not abiding in who He is. We're not abiding in our true source. We talked about a fish out of water, plant out of soil. Us without the Spirit, we're not going to make it. You, you will see attacks, you will see trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because He's overcome the world. He's better than you thought He was. He's bigger than your problems. And when you go into a situation, you carry that with you. And you say, okay, I see this problem, but I'm going to use this problem as an opportunity. I see this trial. I see this thing. I'm going to see this as as an opportunity to to love people, to advance the kingdom. I see what's right in front of me, but I also see who I am in Him. Greater is He. He is so much greater than you thought. 
Ephesians 2.10, and this is, I like this, this is the amplified version. It says, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. We, we talked about the, the whole dirt hill thing last week. And so we have our life here. We're born. Um, and Francis Chan does the little rope thing. I don't know if y'all have seen that, but it does the same thing. And it just shows we're born. This happens. You know, we go to college. We go to work. We retire. And then we die. And then this is, you know, if we want to put it in a timeline, we see this like this. And he talks about eternity. And he runs the rope like out the door um, and what we're living for. What I find interesting is just in this part, too, that God sees it all at once. Boom. When he says, I've predestined, I've called, I've justified, I've glorified you. It's not that he had to go before us and do it, but it's because he sees it all at once. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He has a calling for your life. And he's already made a way for you because he sees it all at once. He's outside of, he's, he's infinite, we're finite. He sees it outside of time. So he sees it all at once. So know that when you're walking, <laughs> your father already knows what's ahead because he sees it right now. And so when we abide in him, we go, okay, what do I do in this situation? Don't, don't abide in this or abide in that. You abide in him. And you begin to change people's lives and they see that spirit in you. Um, we hung out with some friends last night and we talked about just the attractiveness of Jesus and people. It permeates our humanity. And one specific time I remember, and I've told you about it before, but I'll continue telling you about it because it was, it was incredible, was the guy that witnessed to me, spent a year and a half maybe talking to me and, and uh, demonstrating the love of Christ to me. And I was almost, I'll say antagonistic. I would tell him about my lifestyle and I'd cuss and I'd, I was just a kind of a jerk, really, to be honest. But he continued to walk with me and show me God's love. And then one day, um, he lost a really close family member. And I noticed from a distance he was crying a lot and he was in his car and he didn't come to break when we go to break at work. And, but at some point he was walking he was walking through the break room and I'll never forget it. He was, as he was walking, I was going in there for something. And I stopped and I said, are you okay? And you could see he'd just been weeping and he said, yeah, God is just so good. He's just so good. But there was something in him that saw beyond his circumstances that I didn't realize that at the time was Jesus in him, was the Holy Spirit permeating humanity. It was piercing through, and it, and it, it cut me. It, it got into me. And from that moment on, I thought, he has something. He has something, and I, I need that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not, you know... But there's something there. Like I talked about, I, I spent that year and a half as he was loving me trying to find his angle. <laughs> What's this guy about? Is he wanting to, to look better in front of his pastor? Is he wanting to check another name off of his card? What, you know, is he wanting money? What does he want from me? What's his hustle? I mean, seriously, I wanted to find out because I knew people. And in my opinion of people was bad because I knew a lot of bad people that were mean to me. <laughs> But he continually demonstrated that love. And in one moment, I saw Christ in him. 
And I said, I want that. I need that. I don't know what it is, but I have to have that. That's different. That's different than what I've seen. I haven't seen love like that in a moment. Listen, we talk about not being an imitator of Christ, but being dwelled. I want to I want to invite you if you haven't been. He is so much better than your than your current situation, than your problems, than your past, than your mess-ups, your screw-ups. He's so much bigger than that. And you put anything you have in the ring with his grace and he'll destroy it. He'll kill it. Your past doesn't define you, but your future is calling you. And there are people in that hospital that need that. And there are people at your workplace that need that. And they need to see it in you. And if you didn't think you were called, I'm sorry, you're called. (laughs) Because there's no plan B. Christ's second coming is not going to eclipse his first one. He's done the job. It's up to us to carry it out. Guys, stand up with me.